Welcome to Ticket Splitters, the Grassroots Midwest podcast. I'm Sabrina Bachwick, Director of Operations here at Grassroots Midwest. Lots of people think they'd like to be involved in politics as a career, whether as legislative staff, lobbyists, or in other roles. On this week's podcast, we'll be talking with Adrian Heymond, our CEO, and Seth Burroughs, our outreach coordinator, about what it takes to make a career in politics and how to get started. Both Adrian and Seth have been at this since their 20s, and between them have a variety of different experiences that have got them to where they are and where our firm is at today. Today, we're going to focus on the political professions like staff, lobbyists, analysts, and the like, and we'll have a discussion about the elected office career track on a future podcast. Okay, Seth, I'd like to start with you, since I don't think politics as a career was something you really intended. Can you talk about your background in education before you got into politics and how you ended up making this your career? Sure. Um, I graduated from Michigan State in 2001. Uh, I thought I was going to be working in radio or sound production in some way, and um, really just, it just didn't work out. I moved to Montana for the summer. I ended up sticking around, um, and then I was just sort of adrift, waiting tables, paying off my student loan. And then it was, I I was reading a ton, and it was uh, a book by Hunter S. Thompson, and it was talking about his campaign for sheriff in Colorado way back in the 70s that got me interested. So I just took a class at the University of Montana, and that was kind of the beginning of getting involved. Wow. Um, okay, so Adrian, you're a little bit different and that kind of got into it more intentionally than Seth did. What was some of the background you had before you started? So I studied political science in college. I always sort of knew I my career, I wanted it to have something to do with politics. I wasn't sure what that would be. And then, you know, after going and getting quote unquote real jobs for a couple of years after my undergraduate degree, which was in political science from Michigan State, um, I realized that um, while I had a lot of respect for actual working people, that wasn't me, um, that I belonged in politics. And so my solution to that, which turned out in retrospect not to be a great solution for the career I ended up on, was to get into a PhD program in political science. And so I did that, you know, passed my comprehensive exams, working on my dissertation. I accepted a teaching job at Saginaw Valley. Then, you know, I, my academic career was not really working out. I frankly hated academic life. I wanted to, for lack of a better term, get my hands dirty. And so I decided when I was teaching up at Saginaw Valley and working on my dissertation, not just that I wanted to work in politics, but that I wanted to be a lobbyist. And I started plotting what was the quickest way to get myself into a lobbying career. And so I went and took a job as a legislative staffer which was definitely a pay cut from teaching political science Mm -hmm. uh, at the collegiate level and uh, really just sort of trained my eyes on what were the things that I needed to do to get into the lobbying game. I met some really outstanding lobbyists uh, right when I got started, including uh, Nell Kuhnwinch, who's since uh, retired from GCSI, um, and a couple of the other uh, you know, real prominent lobbyists in Lansing. And that gave me an idea that that was something that I could do. Um, and then I was just really, really fortunate to have some mentors along the way that would sort of check me and give me good advice about how to do things differently um, to help get to my career goals. And I was very fortunate that, you know, from the time I started as a legislative staffer um, in the Michigan House of Representatives to my first day at uh, GCSI, whose uh, lobbyist was one of the, uh, the first people I had met, was a little over two years. Um, and so I was, um, that was obviously very gratifying for me, but I think it also points to that if folks have really got an agenda and they're working that agenda, you can get to where you want to be, um, on the professional side of politics relatively quickly. 
Yeah. Okay. So I guess this kind of uh, follows up with your last statement, but if you had to give one piece of advice to anybody trying to make a career in politics or public policy, what would that piece of advice be? For me, this business is all about relationships and you, you can't know enough people. You can't have quality relationships with enough people in this business, even if they don't seem like at that moment that they're particularly useful to whatever it is you're trying to achieve in the short term. Um, it's never, ever a bad move to try and build a relationship with somebody. You never know when you're going to need them in the future. You never know how to, you might be able to help them or they might be able to help you. So really just mm -hmm. dialing in on those relationships um, and building real quality relationships, not just superficial ones with people, I think is super important. Okay, so I think a lot of people get kind of an inaccurate image of what it's like to work in politics from watching movies and TV. What do you guys think are some of the differences between politics on the screen and politics in real life? I was one of those people. Uh, I had a, a, a real Hollywood version of what I thought working in politics was like, like, like it, basically an episode of the West Wing. And I got to D.C. in 2006 as an intern for a, a congresswoman, and I was sort of starstruck. Uh, you, you see famous people in the hall, and you know, you're sort of, I was unsure of myself. I didn't really know um, how I fit into the, into the picture. Mm -hmm. But you do, within, you know, a relatively short amount of time, you, you get the rhythms of the place, and it's just like anything else. It's a grind. It's hard work. There are massive egos, and you kind of have to make your own space. But I definitely was very ide idealistic when I showed up in D.C., and I left far more cynical, but realistic about the process. And mm -hmm. learning how things get done, why they get done, it's the best lesson I could have ever learned and I'm glad that I'm not an idealist anymore because you know you, you just set yourself up for failure because you know in the real world things work a certain a certain and specific way especially in that town yeah yeah I I'm glad Seth brought up the West Wing it's sort of an inside joke in politics West Wing disease particularly with young staffers um, a lot of people get into politics for very idealistic reasons. Um, I was not one of those people. Uh, obviously, Seth was, but I think most people really get into politics because there's something that they want to change. And that's good, and that's okay, but you need to have a recognition of where you fit into the process. And when you're starting out in politics, you're just starting out. You fit in at the very bottom of the process. You know, it's not just fiction shows and fiction movies that I think give people a bad idea about how the business of politics actually works. If you turn on the shouting heads on MSNBC or Fox News, you might have the impression that that's what these people, the electeds, do all day is they just shout at each other. That's not entirely accurate. In fact, it's mostly not accurate. They're trying to get things done even when they disagree with each other and might not like each other on a personal level very much. As a staff person, that's part of your job is to help those wheels turn right, to do the hard work that Seth was talking about, the grunt work that the elected officials, frankly, are not going to do, and they shouldn't, right? Um, they've got to get themselves reelected. Um, you know, they've got to run their offices. They have a whole bunch of responsibilities. As a young staffer getting started, particularly in a legislative office, your job is to do the grunt work. And that applies whether you're working directly for an elected official, whether you're working for a partisan caucus, or whether you're working in a nonpartisan role, like as an analyst for a, a fiscal agency or a nonpartisan think tank, is when you're starting out in politics, you're not being paid for your ideas. You're being paid to do work. And as you work your way up the process, 
people are going to listen to your ideas more and more if you've earned that respect. And the way you earn that respect is doing, frankly, lousy work that elected officials and high-level staffers don't want to do and, frankly, shouldn't do. So, Adrian, you've had a lot of different jobs in politics as an office staffer, as a policy analyst and a lobbyist, just to name a few. What are some of the career choices that are out there for young people interested in politics and policy as a career? And what makes someone more suited to certain types of career paths in this industry? Sure, that's a great question. And I I think from my own example, I've held a lot of different types of jobs and been reasonably good at at least some or most of them in politics. But I wasn't suited for all of those jobs. I was a policy analyst. That's not the best sort of use of my personality and talents. Um you know, I have a much more of an outgoing personality. I have a really loud voice, um, as I think most people know about me. And, um, you know, that wasn't the best use of my talents. It's a great thing for people who maybe are a little bit more introverted, you know, smart, willing to work hard. A policy analyst job is great, whether that's on the partisan side or the nonpartisan side. lets you really get your hands dirty with public policy be involved in the process without having to be out front as much. You know, the lobbying track, you really have got to, you've got to have some personality. You know, I said earlier that politics is a relationship business. Nowhere is that clearer than in the lobbying business. I mean, you are you know, trying to get access to lobbyable public officials and get them to listen to you and to your clients um, about where they stand on issues. And you've really got to have a forceful personality for that. Um, so that's a really good fit for people who have that more outgoing sort of personality. You know, organization is a big thing in politics. I think nowhere is that more apparent than um, at the campaign manager level. You know, people who want to be involved professionally in running campaigns cycle over cycle. Part of what you're being paid for is to keep candidates and campaigns organized, to keep them on task, to make sure that marks are being hit in terms of dollars raised, in terms of doors that are knocked, um, all of those sort of building blocks that go into a campaign. So if you're a really organized person who really likes being able to check things off of a list, you know, going into the campaign side of the business might be a good look for you. Um, it doesn't require you to be out front the same way that, say, a candidate or a lobbyist would be. It lets you be right in the heart of the political end of the process um, and really take advantage of your organizational talents. So those are a few of the things that sort of leap to mind for me in terms of career tracks that are available to folks out there. On the policy end, you either have to love a specific subject and want to do a deep dive into it and really get into the, the nitty-gritty um, or you have to love the process of, you know, starting with an issue that needs needs a change in whoever you're working for. Maybe it's a member of Congress and they have an, there's an issue in the district that has been a problem for many years. I had that specific thing happen. There was a, a school funding issue um, in this community where there was a military base and there was this, a, a tax problem in terms of because they had a, a, a low tax base, this, this federal government would reimburse this community but it would take many years for them to do it. So planning your budget was very difficult. We figured a way to get that time shaped off so it was, so that you know we could count within, I think two fiscal years, they would get reimbursed for this money in a community and they could you know plan their budget accordingly. We worked on that, You know, one of the first things I did, we got it passed in the House, not in the Senate, but it was still, you could see the process through, there was, there was a, you know, a feeling of accomplishment. We did what we wanted to do, but at the end of the day, I wasn't passionate about the policy, the specific policy dealing with the funding or really the process. It's a hassle. It's a lot of work. And if you don't love it, 
then it's going to be a hard thing to do continuously um, if that's what you want. You know, looking back, I, I made a ton of mistakes. And I wasn't, if you want to, in politics, like Adrian said, you have to be pretty forward thinking. You always have to know where you want to go. If you don't know where you want to go, you're going to end up stuck in some place you don't want to be. That's what happened to me because I didn't have a long-term plan. I did. I think Seth raises an interesting point, too, in the distinction between, you know, a love of a particular policy area and enjoying the process. If you're going to work in the analyst space or if you're going to work in the lobbying space, um, I think it's really important to get a handle for yourself um, as quickly as you can through exposure to these things of whether you're a process person or a policy person in terms of how that's going to focus what you do. If you're really passionate about, say, the environment, then being you know, a policy analyst around environmental issues, that might be right for you. I was not particularly passionate about any individual policy area. I was much more interested in and enamored of the process. And for me, what that meant was during my time as an analyst um, and in some of my high-level staff positions, I really focused on the appropriations process. Um, you know, you argue about certain policy issues, and there are certain lines that people just won't cross. Right? If you're a pro-life person, you're not going to compromise on the abortion issue. If you're a pro-choice person, you know you might not be willing to compromise on the abortion issue. There are examples of that across every policy area. Appropriations is just money. Somebody gets a little bit more, somebody gets a little bit less, and it's really all about the process and getting a deal made that everybody can live with. That was great for me. Um, for somebody who's really passionate about a particular policy area, you know maybe the, uh, the appropriations process isn't for you. Okay, so here's the practical question. How do you get started? What are three important steps to get started on a career in politics, and why do those steps matter? You know, from my perspective, um, the first thing you need to do to get yourself involved is get exposure. And there are a lot of different ways to do that. I'm not a big fan of un, you know, long-term unpaid internships, but politics is a big fan of long-term unpaid internships. There's nothing that politicos like better than free labor. And they get lots of it. You get campaign volunteers, all sorts of folks who are giving of their time. So that's the first thing I would say is go volunteer on a campaign. You're probably not going to get paid at first, um, although you know you can typically get yourself pretty quickly into a position where you're getting paid at least a little bit, although it won't be very good. But volunteering on a campaign is a great way to get yourself exposed, not just to the candidate who's running, but also to all the folks from political parties, from interest groups, um, you know, other campaign volunteers, the paid campaign manager, maybe there's a consultant involved, for you to get exposed to those folks and show them what you're capable of. And keep in mind, you know, like we were talking about with the, um, the question about television and movies, what you're going to make yourself known for first is hard work. It's taking on the grunt work that other people can't or don't want to do um, and producing you know, quality outcomes. You develop a reputation for that and get that sort of exposure, that's top of the list. The other thing is get to, get to know some niche area of politics. Maybe it's a particular aspect of the process. Maybe it's a policy area that you are really interested in or already know a little bit about, but develop yourself into a resource where people can come to you to ask you questions or to get things done in a really specialized area of politics. I think that's another very important thing that people can do 
when they're getting started. Uh, the other thing that I would say is pay attention to actual politics, not to what you see on the television. Watching MSNBC and Fox News is going to be bad for your career because it's going to give you bad ideas about how politics works, and it's going to make you see people that don't agree with you as the enemy. And that's poisonous to a career in politics. To piggyback on what Adrian said, you know, you know, politics is a nepotism game. Who you know, if you're, you know, if your dad, if your dad contributed money to a, a political campaign, you have a better chance of getting an internship or a low-level staff job than somebody who's green and doesn't have connections, right? Um, I saw that a million times in D.C. That's that's the way it works. So you can only control what what you can control, and that's your work. You have to show up and you have to work your ass off and it is a bit of a racket. There aren't opportunities for people who don't have rich parents to get an internship in a fancy office somewhere. So you do have to have a plan to figure out how you're going to get there. So, so maybe that's, yeah, jumping on a, on a local campaign and getting sort of the rhythms of it. And that's the best way to do it. I thought campaigns were going to be the sexiest thing in the world. They're not sexy at all. They're, it's a ton of grunt work. It's a grind. And, you know, starting low level and working on a, you know, maybe a county commission race or a city council race in your hometown, that will give you actually the practical knowledge you need to know what you're going to do at, you know, on a bigger campaign. All the fundamental stuff is there. Learn those things um, and you can apply it. So, yeah, hard work, it's not sexy, but it's, that's how you get noticed and make yourself invaluable. Learn something that someone else needs to know. If you become, you become an expert on something, then you're always going to be able to get paid. Right? Someone's going to always need that information. So I would say beyond the hard work, you know, do your homework. Figure out what, what the campaign needs and become an expert at that. That's right. And I think there's you, you, you raised an important point that you kind of glossed over there I want to emphasize, which is you, know, you go and you volunteer on that county commission campaign or that township supervisor campaign or city council campaign. In addition to the experience that you're going to get, the things you're going to learn, you're also going to develop some of those very connections you were talking about, right? You get that township supervisor candidate elected, and that's somebody that can call the state rep or call the state senator or call the congressman and say, hey, you know, I've got this kid. She did a really good job on my campaign. She's looking to get into some sort of paid work. Are you looking for somebody? Or I saw you had this job posted. You know, I think Sabrina would be perfect for this. Here's a resume. Why don't you give her a call? Going out and doing that sort of thing, getting that exposure at that level, politics, like Seth said, it's kind of a racket. It's kind of a pyramid scheme. And you got to work your way up that pyramid. Part of the way you do that is cultivating those relationships at those lower elected levels, um, at those staff levels, so that those people can make calls on your behalf. I guess this kind of ties into the last uh, topic we were talking about, but um, mental approaches and mindsets. What is the right kind of mindset to be successful in this in this kind of a career? I'm going to borrow some of uh, Seth's answer to an earlier question. I think having a plan is super important, and that, mm -hmm. that certainly proved out in my case. I came to Lansing to be a lobbyist. I had some jobs I had to take before that. None of the big dog lobby firms were going to hire a guy that was working as a you know, political science instructor and an academic for the last you know, several years before that without me going out to show and prove a little bit. I did that, but I also did it with a plan that I wanted to end up at one of the big dog lobby firms in Lansing because that's, that's where I wanted my career to take me for the next several years. So I think having a plan and being very methodical and realistic with yourself about 
the steps you absolutely have to take to get there. Um, I think that's super important in terms of your mindset and approaching making a career for yourself in politics. If you leave that sort of thing to chance, other people are going to get ahead of you because other people are going to have a plan where you don't, or they're going to have those really juicy connections that Seth mentioned that you know you may not have been born with. That's okay. I was not born with particular political connections myself. I had a plan and I was able to execute on that plan. Didn't always go the way that I wanted it to, but I was always working the plan. From my experience, it's important to have the proper temperament in politics. You're going to take a, you know some L's in this industry. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. You'll be promised things. You thought you were going to have a better job, a better gig. Things aren't always going to work out. And I think if, if you have the right mindset, you're going to, you have to be able to roll with the punches and find your next step. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, um, thank you guys. Uh, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Ticket Splitters. Thanks. Thanks.